Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the British English Podcast with your host, Charlie Baxter. Today's episode is a bite-sized one, meaning it's a shorter one, so that you can complete it in one go. This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Now, this is Bite Size Episode 4, and it is part two of a typically British weekend. So if you haven't listened to part one, then just scroll down the podcast app feed to Bite Size Episode 3 and join me back here in 10 minutes. Excellent. Let's get back into it then, shall we? So yeah, we've parked, we're happy we found a spot, and off I go to a good shoe shop in the UK, which um, were, and I think still are, called Office, Soul Trader, and uh, maybe JD Sports. So if you're in the UK, already living there, and you're not sure where to buy your next pair of trainers, head to one of those three and they will sort you out. Um, and I, yeah, I interact with a number of sales assistants um, during my purchase. And sad to say, only one of them actually had the decency to look me in the eye. Yeah. The others, they were probably chewing gum, chatting to their colleagues or on their bloody phones. And I think this is because the large majority of sales assistants are under the age of 25, maybe even younger, 18 to 20. I remember I was 16 when I started working for a department store called House of Fraser. And um, I was pretty awful at my job. Yeah, I could fold a T-shirt impeccably. But did I know the history of Polo Ralph Lauren? And when the next line of products were landing in stores? No, definitely not. Definitely not. And and I didn't care, didn't care. And it could be that the world is improving in all areas of business since then. Um, but my experience uh, in other countries is that um, staff are more friendly elsewhere, particularly in America and Australia. They're more knowledgeable and they seem to actually want to help you. So I'm not sure what that is. It's just my experience. But I feel like you don't get great service in shops in the UK. So um, if you feel like they're being rude to you, it's not because you're not English, it's because you're in England. So I'd say expect poor service uh, by an 18-year-old if you're going to a clothes store. We're just going to take a quick break um, from the Dear Diary, this is what I did on my weekend kind of episode. And uh, just remind you that there is a free worksheet available for you to listen along with to help better understand the expressions that I'm using in this episode. So head over to the website link in the show notes or go to the thebritishenglishpodcast.com. I also do transcripts and extended glossaries for premium or academy members. So check out that if that interests you. But certainly grab the free worksheet from the British English Podcast. Dot com and continue enjoying the show. So yeah, I've had the poor service, uh, but I've got my new shoes. I'm a new man in a new year. No, I set this weekend in spring, didn't I? Okay, well, wh whatever time of the year it is, it's time to grab a pasty from Greg's. Greg's is a bakery, a chain across the UK 
that is cheap and cheerful. It's very cheap, and you get very tasty little pastries or pasties.、Um, so I'd get a Greg's, I'd get a coffee from Costa or Pret a Manger, and then、um, I'd probably go and see my sister and mother. They're probably in a shop like Monsoon.、Um, I tell my sister, "You don't need another scarf, Holly. Let's go home." And after getting home, I pop round my auntie's house to see my gran and my auntie.、Um, <laughs> and then I realise that my gran died in 2011. No, it was 2012. Yeah, she was still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah.、Um, I say hello to my gran and auntie. And、uh, I remember my grand; she would always say、uh, a lovely phrase when I would say, "How are you?"、Um, it's, it's my favourite response to a greeting that I've heard to this day, which、uh, which was, "I'm all the better for seeing you, my dear." Lovely, lovely phrase. Ah,、oh, very cute. But、uh, I, I hope that doesn't make you think that I've got a a little Red Riding Hood cape on,、um, nor that she has extra long canines. No, it's、uh, it's just Charlie and.、Uh, His Granny B, Granny B, Granny Baxter—that's my surname—and、um, yeah, we'd call her Granny B. She had a lovely smile, normal-sized canines, and a lovely nature about her. But yeah, she passed away in 2012. Passed away—nice way to say to die. So she passed away then. But、uh, yeah, I'd pop round and see her and my auntie that are just a, a walk away, ten、um, minutes down the road. And then after probably having a, a cup of tea and a bicky, a bicky means a biscuit,、um, like a shortbread biscuit or a digestive biscuit. Those are the most common ones that I would have with them.、Uh, I would walk home via the off license in my village.、Uh, so an off license is a small shop that looks a bit like a newsagent's, but it, it just sells alcohol. Nowadays, small supermarkets sell a good variety of alcohol in the UK, so people don't really need to go to an off-license as much as they used to. Which contrasts with Australia, as they have peculiar alcohol licensing laws, which are pretty hard to get. So nearly all supermarkets can't sell alcohol in Australia, and therefore the off-license, or as they call it here, a bottle shop, or even a, a bottleo. If you're a bit bogan, or or live in the countryside, or、um, outback, or maybe a bushy,、um, yeah, it's a necessity to have a, a bottle shop on the high street in Australia. Less so nowadays in in England, you you can go to your, your local supermarket. So yeah, I grab four cans of beer from the off license, and I should say most of my friends would grab a crate in this situation, but I'm what one calls a lightweight. A lightweight. Yes, this means somebody who is able to get drunk quite quickly, or you don't need much alcohol to get the job done. But yeah, friends would just call a lightweight a pussy. You can't handle your drink. You're a pussy. So I'm not grabbing these、um, four cans to depressingly glug alone,、uh, because I'm going round a friend's house as their parents are out for the evening, and this brings me on to. A cultural norm in the UK.、Uh, it was it was the best option for for teenagers、um, when the parents would leave for the evening or they would go out and they would it would be called a free house. Oh, I've got a free house, guys. Do you want to come round? So you'd invite about fifteen friends over. You'd get drunk and someone would inevitably break something in the house. 
you'd get a bit stressed. Uh, the parents would come home and then everyone would um, scarper. Scarper means run away, run away. But as this weekend that I'm talking about is set in my early 20s, we're above that now. We're not clumsily breaking things. We bring beer, some would smoke, we chill out, have a chat and maybe watch a film. That's, that's the kind of thing we do at that age. Graduates, we're mature, mature. Uh, but I, I want to also say not everyone went to university. Um, in my local area, I felt like it was, in, in my friendship group, it was probably about 80% of us went. But um, I think in the UK, the national um, average is about 30 to 40% that um, do a degree. And then um, the others that don't go to university, they would have either started work at 16 or 17, or they would have gone to a college and done two more years of education and then um, gone into into work uh, around yeah 18 to 20 years old. Now, I, I did mention that some would smoke, which is a bit needless. I wouldn't really say this if it weren't for a reason. Um, and I want to point out that smoking cigarettes was still pretty common for my generation at that age. I was born in 1990, and I think a handful of my friends to this day still smoke um, in the UK. And it was kind of regarded as cool at university. Um, it might be just a cultural thing at, at university. It's a bit more of a thing to do. But yeah, since the smoking ban that came out in 2007, meaning you can't smoke in pubs, um, it's been on a decline, definitely, the amount of people that have been picking up the habit. The reason I say that is because when I went to America and then Germany, um, America, n- not many people smoke. It, it's a very different um, feeling about it. It almost felt like a dirty habit. It certainly didn't feel cool. And um, yeah, it was it was almost socially unacceptable. And that was in 2015. I heard that um, America, um, once they cottoned on to how bad it was for your health, America marketed cigarettes in a very negative light. And, and they did really well from that. And, and it made the mainstream kick the habit um, pretty quickly over there. Um, and then it was an even bigger shock going to Central Europe in, in Germany because they openly advertise smoking. Like on the billboards, you have three people enjoying their, their time, maybe in a car, and they've got a cigarette in their hand, and the advert is for a brand of cigarettes. And that in the UK, it's unheard of. You wouldn't be able to see that. I think laws have been passed where you can't advertise um, smoking directly. And even in the shops, you'll, you'll notice if you go to the UK, the shops have all the cigarette packets um, hidden behind the counter. They used to be able to advertise it visually and the packets used to be really colourful and interesting, but now there's a law that has um, removed any interesting kind of um, graphics. But yeah, so smoking um, is a little bit more common in the UK. Um, in Australia, it's a bit of a, um, a fitness and health culture. So yeah, again, less smoking here. The biggest addiction here is coffee. But yeah, the main point I wanted to make here was um, in America, it felt like a dirty habit, whereas in Europe, it's it's more socially acceptable to still smoke. But yeah, so I've um, imagine I've, I've chilled. I've chilled out with my friends for the evening. Uh, the guys occasionally discuss the football or rugby, maybe. And then the girls might talk about uh, X Factor or Britain's Got Talent. I hope that's not too offensive if, if any of my friends 
listen to this. Yeah, those, those are the typical areas of conversation. We obviously talk about anything and everything, but um, yeah, those might be some go-to topics. So if I was a, a non-native, I would watch some sports and reality TV in the UK to have something to talk about with um, native speakers. And that is all we have time for in today's bite-sized episode. But don't worry, we will conclude this typically British weekend in the next bite-sized episode, which uh, will be bite-sized episode five. And that will be up in two weeks as of the date of this podcast being published. But you also have the next bonus episode to look forward to next week. So lots of content coming out now. We're up to one a week each with a free worksheet with some of the phrases explained from the episode over on the BritishEnglishPodcast.com. And then, if you're enjoying learning with me and want some great resources to go with the podcast episodes, then I'd recommend checking out the premium podcast membership, giving you full episodes, transcripts, extended glossaries, and flashcards of every single episode. And I tell you what, if you want to take it up a notch a phrase which means to increase in value or in intensity, if you want to take it up a notch, then have a look at the Academy Monthly Membership. In fact, I'm going to quickly reel off every single feature available for you if you join the Academy Membership. Are you ready? Here we go. Full-length episodes, transcripts, extended glossaries, Exclusive audio example sentences using most of the intermediate to advanced language. Exclusive explainer videos diving deep into the best of the best language from each show. Interactive quizzes to stimulate you and get you active with the content so you feel more confident with the usage of the language so that you are far more likely to remember what you're learning. Then we have pronunciation practice files drilling the individual sounds of the British English language and connected speech for the difficult-to-say phrases. Oh, I'm exhausted. Um, we've got much more uh, than that. I'd say we've got about halfway through the Academy features, but um, you know what? Just go have a look at the free sample. It's, it's on the website. You can even have a look at the Premium Podcast Membership free sample and the Academy Monthly Membership free sample, and then you get to decide which one will benefit you best? Ah. Also, really quickly, um, the premium podcast membership is super affordable. And um, it would also be a great way to show your support for this show. Because at the moment, we have no sponsors. We don't even have adverts. So it's the only form of funding for the show to continue for now. I've dedicated about six months of full-time work to this so far. The stats are really impressive with over 100,000 streams within just three to four months and some lovely messages and reviews from people all over the world enjoying this content. And those that are on the premium or academy memberships are saying nothing but good things about it, which is wonderful. And I really appreciate those of you in there for supporting the show. But yeah. I'm starting to dip into the savings pot a little bit too much right now. So to keep this dream alive, I'd love your support and you'd be getting some great learning resources such as the full episodes, transcripts, extended glossaries, flashcards and a course-like structure to your English learning. 
No worries if you can't afford it. I totally understand. But if you can, and you think this show is valuable for you, then I'd love your support and to give you at least access to the premium podcast. Right, that's enough pleading and begging from me, Charlie Baxter. I'll see you next week on the British English Podcast.